we all have that friend. The one who thinks, does my hair look weird? Am I talking too fast? Should I shake her hand or is she more of a hugger? Are my friends inviting me because they want me to come or because they're just being polite? Oh gosh, I just tripped on the carpet. That looked ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. If you've ever had any of those thoughts, you're probably socially awkward. And the reason why we've got to take time to help you unpack that is because socially awkward people can't show up fully in their friendships. They second-guess themselves. They're hypersensitive to what they say and do. And sometimes those thoughts unintentionally place burden on their friends. So today, I'm giving my socially awkward friends seven hacks to get past feeling so insecure so that you can show up more fully and more confidently in your friendships. You're tuned in to Give It A Rest, the podcast, where we're giving tough love truths for the sisterhood. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, certified friendship expert and author of the book, Give It A Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And when it comes to misunderstandings and complications within our female friendships, I am here to help you through it. Before I begin this episode, I want to make something very clear. Social awkwardness is a lot different than social anxiety. Social awkwardness might mean that I am hypersensitive to the way I walk and talk and how I'm being perceived, but social anxiety disorder mostly speaks to almost being crippled by those thoughts. So my body physiologically has responses that make me sweat and makes my heart pound and I'm over anxious about things like eating in front of people and it's to the point where I'm almost immobilized from doing everyday things. If that is something that you're struggling with, I encourage you to uh, seek professional help for that because that would be kind of like social awkwardness to the 10th power. And if you find that that kind of thinking and anxiety is getting in the way of you performing everyday activities, um, that's going to be a little different than the tips I'm providing today for those of us who might just kind of feel like we are inadequate with our social skills. So with that being said, let's jump into it. The first hack for the socially awkward friend is to script as much as you can. Now, of course, it's not possible to plan for every possible exchange or interaction because if you did, it, it would be completely inorganic conversation and you would be a total robot, okay? But here's the thing, as unique as we'd like to think we are, most of our conversations have staple talking points. Why? Because we're creatures of habit. Habit feels good because it's familiar. So we continue to return in our conversations to the same talking points. So you can prepare for those. That way you don't have to wonder, what do I say? What do I do? How do I respond here? So here's what you do. You take some time to prepare exactly what you will say and do to a reasonable extent. Okay, I swear, if you pull out your note cards at the next social gathering, it's just not a good look. You, you will scare everybody, okay? Um, but here's what you do. Here are three staples of every conversation. One, the greeting. Two, asking about your weekend or some kind of recap. And three, there's an exit, okay? Every single time. So you can eliminate or minimize some of the stress about your awkwardness and some of the guesswork and, and being... Uh, caught off guard and not knowing how to respond, you can minimize all that if you prepare staple responses to the following things. So first, let's talk about the greeting, okay? When we're back to being in person, are you a handshaker? Are you a hugger? 
you know, do you say, hey there, um, which is my go-to. I know it's, it feels weird saying it without being in that context, but I kind of do like a, hey there, okay, or hey girl, or well, hello. I mean, that sounds so small, but like, what's your go-to greeting? Because have you ever blurted out an awkward greeting? because you were overthinking and your brain just spit out whatever syllables were hanging on your tongue by the time you opened your mouth and you were just like, oh my God. Okay, so how will you greet both physically and verbally? The next thing is um, recaps. How was your weekend, especially in those Monday meetings, right? Or when you're getting together with friends, they're gonna ask you, so what you been up to? Okay, prepare a concise recap. Also, prepare good stories. You know why some speakers are so great? or so memorable, it's because they tell good stories. And you know what? They tell the same stories all the time, okay? Because they work. So if you have a few interesting things that have happened to you over the past couple weeks, or funny or surprising things that your kids said, or um, random exchanges at the gas station, store them up. Good stories have a clear beginning, a middle, which is like a, a problem or climax or something like that. And then they have an ending or they resolve, okay? So as an example, you know how you watch any episode of like the late night show or, or things like that, um, Trevor Noah and all those like late night shows with the guests, the guests tend to be super magnetic and it's like, God, what is it about them? It's because they prepared those stories. So a little behind the scenes, they don't just go there and wait to see what the host is going to ask them. You know they prepared that beforehand, right? So the guests know exactly the story they're going to tell and they're very lively and they smile at the right times and the host is like, oh my God, that's crazy. Okay, they've prepared the stories. There's no harm in you storing a couple of your own. It will take out a lot of the anticipation or anxiety you have surrounding what to say and how to say it. Okay, so insert those stories where appropriate, of course, um, but it cuts down on the thought time of how to contribute to a conversation. The last staple of um, traditional conversation is the exit, okay? So let's say you're even engaged talking to somebody who you're not really enjoying, okay? (laughs) Whose company is kind of like, oh my God, I'm over it. Have clear exit lines. What's that thing you say when you want to get out of a conversation? I know I'm quick to give one because I do not believe in having to endure an extra hour that I don't want because I was too scared to say goodbye or I was too conditioned to be polite where I have to endure. No, no, no. Okay, prepare that go-to exit line and prepare how you want to close a conversation. Prepare how you want to close a presentation. If you're the one speaking, how do you want to end? Okay, but the first hack is to prepare by scripting as much as you can with reason. Okay, and you know that those staple points are going to be the greeting, the recaps, and the exits. The second life hack for the socially awkward friend is to be mindful of space. So this means you take up space with your body and you give up space with your mouth. Okay, that one requires explanation. So let's talk about the first part, taking up space with your body. There is a ton of research Um, I believe Harvard Business Review has a lot of it, but the research shows us about how presenting confidently actually convinces our brains that we are confident. So confident people tend to take up physical space. I want you to do it with me, okay? So I know it's kind of like hippy-dippy, but like, let's do it together. If you can, while you're listening, put your shoulders back, almost like you're expanding your ribs as wide as you can. Are you doing that? Their chins tend to go up, so do that. And their feet are kind of wide apart, not a bunch, okay? Don't be weird. 
but they're not close together. Okay. So if your feet are wide apart, your shoulders are back, your chin's up. How does that feel? Are you doing it? You probably look like a badass right now. <laughs> okay, I got this exercise from Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Van Edwards, who's one of my favorite social scientists. And it's proven that after five minutes in that position, the Superman position, you're kind of like standing with your chest open, chin up, eyes up, and then your hands and your hips. After five minutes of holding that pose, you instantly really feel more confident. Okay, so... We often tend to let our emotions control our behavior, control our bodies, but there's something about turning that the other way around. All the research tells us that if you make your body and your words perform the feelings that you want to have, that those feelings will eventually follow. So you stand this way and your brain thinks you actually are feeling confident. And guess what? Confident people aren't awkward. Okay? So it's all in being mindful of your physical positioning. When people feel awkward, guess what? They look it too. <laughs> okay? They're they're focused on how they look and whether or not they just misspoke and if their hair looks strange. Okay? If they're blinking too fast. Okay? Trick yourself into thinking you are confident by standing and presenting confidently. Surely you've heard the thing about making yourself smile. And then your brain believing that, oh, maybe really you're happy. Okay, it's true. Now, the second part about being mindful of space is giving up space with your mouth. So while you want to take up physical space with your body, you want to give up space with your words. So many times when we're nervous, we speak quickly and we speak a lot of words, right? Because we're nervous. And then we continue to word vomit because we feel pressured to keep filling the space with our words. And then we're like, oh my God, why was I rambling? Because you were nervous, okay? So two hacks to avoid that. One is prompt other people to speak by asking questions. Don't feel so much pressure to have to fill the space with your rambling Give other people the opportunity to speak about themselves. It is scientifically proven that that's the number one subject people like to talk about is themselves. So why not let them do it? Okay, fun fact. And secondly, just be quiet. (laughs) After people speak, just wait and they tend to speak more. Okay, but so often we have these almost ping pong like uh, exchanges where they say something. We feel like we have to say something back and sometimes just let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let them talk and just wait and they'll kind of like fill the space with more words, okay? Relieve the pressure of having to fill the space by inviting others to express themselves and to respond and to elaborate, okay? That ought to help with that pressure to talk and then talking so much that you're saying things you definitely regret. The third hack for socially awkward friends is to remember that people don't care. Okay, so that one's a little, you know, a little tough, right? A little harsh, but you should actually take comfort in this one, okay? So stop the thoughts of whether or not what you said was kind of dumb or if you look kind of awkward or if the way you walked in the door was kind of weird. People probably didn't even notice. So the spotlight effect refers to our tendency to think that more people are paying attention to us than who actually are or will think that a bunch of people are noticing, but nobody notices at all, okay? We feel like the spotlight is on us. You should take a certain level of comfort in knowing that 
people aren't looking at you. Now, remember, I was a high school teacher um, before I was a publicist by day and a friendship coach by night. So I was... I taught sophomores for a year and I taught juniors and seniors and it was so interesting as a teacher to sit back and just kind of watch sometimes their interactions. I could see, you could easily see the kid who's like fidgeting and, you know, constantly touching their hair while they're having a conversation with somebody and they feel just so awkward and you look around the room, nobody cares. I can see them being inside their heads and I can also see the lay of the land where people aren't paying them any attention, okay? So take some relief in knowing that people aren't really noticing The next hack, number four, is to take a virtual improv class. Now, before you stop the episode, roll your eyes and move on, let me explain. Now, this is for those of you who really want to throw yourselves in the deep end and you don't want to like gradually work on this. You want to just kind of get it over with and you want to stop being socially awkward as soon as possible. Okay, there is such thing as virtual improv classes. I'm not going to endorse a particular one, but you can Google it and see a variety of options. This is so um, helpful because it'll help you practice getting loose and not overthinking so much. So for those of you who truly do feel crippled by, immobilized by that, those anxious thoughts and being so in your head, this might be for you. It helps you to get outside of your head. It helps you to experiment with and get comfortable with not knowing what comes next or not being able to anticipate what another person's going to say. Um, You're forced to be in an environment where people aren't judging you because the whole theme is to be loosey-goosey and to just kind of build on the unknown and to thrive in the unknown. Okay, so I think it'll really um, free a lot of people of that burden of the second guessing and the overthinking. So it works because in social situations, people who are awkward, they operate with a certain double mindedness. It's like there's the you who's standing still and then like that ghost of you who's hovering over your body and watching you down below. It's monitoring every movement. Does my walk look strange? Am I talking too fast? Am I breathing too loud? Oh, my Lord. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, the improv kind of untrained your mind to be caring so much because it's not that serious. And also, you know, it's kind of more of a fun, relaxed, get comfortable with being uncomfortable kind of an environment. So I highly recommend that for those of you who are like, I really want to stop being socially awkward like today. I think that class could do you good. The next hack for socially awkward friends is to verbalize what you're feeling. So if you are able to practice this, it'll allow you to get some of that mighty sea of thoughts in your brain out to express some of that anxiousness that you have. It'll allow you to relieve some of the mental pressure. And also, it helps you communicate your actual feelings, which is important in any friendship. So a lot of what happens in friendship is not even necessarily, um, you know, the verbal stuff. It's all the subtext. It's the way that we interpreted what she said or what she didn't say, and then responding to our interpretation. Does that make sense? Okay, so if something happens and it surprises you, instead of, oh gosh, oh, what do I say? I'm feeling so weird. Say, oh wow, that really surprised me. I don't even know how to respond. Verbalize some of what you're thinking and it allows you to kind of get it out. It also helps friends to accurately gauge what you're thinking and feeling so that they can respond accordingly. It allows them to actually be a friend because they know what's going on in your mind. Okay, so for example, let's say a friend asks you where you want to meet. 
or where you want to eat. A lot of times, uh, socially awkward people might put it back on the friend to choose and say, oh, I don't know. Because why? You don't want to choose incorrectly or it feels like a lot of pressure or you are scared to say where you really do want to eat because what if they don't like your choice? Verbalize what you're feeling. So say, oh, well, I never know how to answer that question because I don't want to choose wrong or pick a place you hate. But honestly, I'm in the mood for like good Southern cooking right now. But, you know, I'm open to whatever. You don't have to face all that second guessing and that double mindedness by yourself. Okay, this hack is my favorite because it's so underrated and nobody talks about it, but everybody does it every day. And this is get comfortable with eye contact. Okay, so for those of you who are listening, I'm going to assume there's a you're self-identifying as a socially awkward person. I want you to think about how little or how often you look other people in their eyes because eye contact plays a big role in social interaction. People who feel awkward though, they avoid eye contact because they feel like they're being judged or they think the person they're looking at will think that they're judging them. But there's so much power in our nonverbal communication. If you don't look somebody in the eyes, whether this is your, you know, long established friends or somebody you're just meeting or when you're in a meeting on Zoom, okay, one, it looks like you lack confidence and people generally find a lack of confidence to be unappealing. So I don't even mean it from like a romantic standpoint, but people are less attracted to people who are not sure of themselves. I wonder if some of it feels like we think it's going to rub off or it's just, I don't know, unattractive. But people don't tend to gravitate toward those with little confidence. Well, when you don't look people in the eye, you look like you're not confident. The second way that people interpret your lack of eye contact is that you're not trustworthy. Think about it. Somebody who's shifty-eyed and can't meet the eyes of others looks like they're hiding something. Okay? So what do you do, right? Okay, this is another one you're like, Danielle, come on. But I want to give you tangible things to actually practice. Believe it or not, there are tons of videos on YouTube that help you practice looking at other people. Now, for some of you, I know I just outlined your worst nightmare and you're like, why would I sign myself up for that? But I'm serious. So not now, okay, but when this is over, I want you to go and look it up. And there are videos where a person, it's got the camera kind of zoomed up on their face and you're encouraged to just look them in the, in the eyes, okay? You definitely want to force yourself to do this because then when it's happening in real life, it's a little less uncomfortable and a little less uncomfortable. And I don't mean that you watch that video and now you're cured and you're walking around looking people in the face. It might not happen that immediately, but what will happen is you'll notice that you're able to self-correct. So now you're aware that you're not looking somebody in the eyes and you're able to remind yourself, wait a second, look her in the face. Okay, so this goes for meeting new people or your current friends. Now, for those of you who are awkward and look at people too long, something you can remember is that you should be kind of breaking your gaze every five seconds or so because you don't want to look like you're staring at people. You want to look like you're you're being attentive and those are two different things. So you need to break your gaze every five seconds by either like nodding your head um, or kind of looking away and then looking back um, because that establishes connection and I'm listening, which is a social skill. 
like literally, I believe that some people who are struggling with it now, maybe did not learn the skills when they were younger. And I think that a part of the problem is, you know, socially awkward people feel inadequate in their skill, but perhaps they were not taught these things. So now that we're like 20s, 30s, 40s, we're like, oh my gosh, I feel so inadequate. Well, it feels weird to us, the idea of having to learn it, but it is a learned thing. My last hack for the socially awkward friend is this. Practice visualizing. Now, before you dismiss this as, okay, Danielle, that sounds a little hippy-dippy, I totally am aware of how that sounds, to practice visualizing. But I'm sorry, there's just way too much uh, scientific research about how powerful it is, okay? So let me walk you through what that looks like for those who are like, where do I even begin, okay? When it specifically comes to... um, entering a situation that you know you're probably more inclined to be a little, you know, awkward and unsure and self-doubting. In those situations especially, try visualizing it before. So here's how you visualize something, which is essentially just mentally rehearsing something. So if the phrase visualizing feels weird to you, it's just mental rehearsal. So the first thing you want to do is close your eyes and picture the event happening. So can we like do this together? I know, let's do it together. So think of a situation that is coming up, maybe today or tomorrow, that feels especially like stress-inducing, or you're kind of nervous about being really awkward in the situation. Everybody got that in their mind? Okay, so you would close your eyes, and you think about the parts that you can control. So let's say I'm going um, to meet friends for, I don't know, a socially distanced lunch outside. But I'm already thinking like I'm probably going to look awkward or say awkward things or whatever. From the very beginning with visualizing, you're supposed to picture from the beginning to the end with as much detail as possible. So perhaps you close your eyes and you picture yourself looking really great in that dress that you love, walking confidently with your chin held high to the table. So this is where we normally, as we're walking, we're like, oh, I hope I don't stumble. That would look so awkward. Oh my gosh, is my hair blowing awkwardly. It's all in my face. Okay. For visualizing, you are picturing yourself walking very confidently to the table. You are smiling. Everyone receives you well. You sit down really gracefully and you know exactly what to order. You're not stressed over what to order. You know exactly what you're going to order to eat and you're going to laugh joyfully with a big smile. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera. So whatever the upcoming situation is that makes you nervous, really spending some time in a quiet place to picture and anticipate what the situation might look like. Now, what does all of this have to do with our friendships? Well, one Friendship is about being able to bring your full self to the table. And if every time you're gathering with other people who you love, who you care about, who you enjoy, you're always second guessing what you say, how you look, how you sound, you can't really relax and show up as the full you. So your friends never get to experience you in all your glory. Okay? So it's worth it if we want um, rich friendships rich connections and experiences that we find a way to minimize our awkwardness and to show it more confidently so that we can enjoy our friendships more deeply. And also, as I said earlier, sometimes unintentionally, our inclination to socially awkward things puts burden on our friends. So if we're reluctant to choose because we don't want to look silly, then our friends have to choose. 
And if we're constantly asking them for reassurance, then we've burdened them with having to reassure us. So if we don't get this down and it's something that we don't figure out individually, something that we aren't able to, you know, conquer on our own, then we indirectly kind of shift some of that um, burden to the people who care about us most, which none of us want to do. Okay. So if you are looking to experience richer friendships and maybe to repair certain friendships or, or things like that, because sometimes they distance themselves from us if they feel burdened to have to reassure you or include you or, you know, encourage you all the time. Sometimes we find them kind of gradually distancing themselves from us and they don't even mean to. Okay. So it's worth taking the time to invest in our improvement. So you got this. I believe in you. And, you know, some level of awkwardness is kind of endearing, but I don't want us to kind of accept it as a part of our identity because once we do that, we never work on things. We just say, oh, that's how I am. But it doesn't have to be. And that's something nice to look forward to. today's episode was helpful for you i'd love for you to come tell me about it over on the facebook group called the give it a rest podcast after party you can also hear me run my mouth and give other unsolicited advice regarding your friendships on instagram at danielle byer jackson formerly at girl give it a rest so now i have switched my handle and would love to see you over there and as always you can listen to more episodes and read some of our research-based articles over at giveitarestmovement.com. I can't wait to see you over there.